All right, what's going on, everybody? This is Josh McCabe here with Overflow Beyond the Music. Welcome to episode number eight and season number three. Glad to have you with us for this great episode. I had the chance recently to catch up with Brad and Rebecca, their uh, husband and wife duo of worship leaders, currently in Phoenix, Arizona area. We'll talk about that on the podcast today, but also just want to thank you guys for making our John Mark McMillan episode one of the top listened to episodes we've ever done. So thank you so much for getting behind this podcast. Thank you for telling friends. Thank you for just making this a part of your life and your routine. We really, really appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind, please, please drop us a line. You can find us on Instagram at uh, OverflowBTM. That's just at OverflowBTM. Twitter at OverflowBTM. And guess what? On Facebook as well, OverflowBTM. All right, there's a few things I've been working on lately. I've been doing some production for some other artists, which has been really fun, um, producing this young girl named Ava. Uh, she's 13 years old, and dang, can she sing. Uh, it's been awesome working with her. She is a great singer, uh, incredible artist, and um, she wrote this song, and I'm like, y- you wrote this? Are you kidding me? It's a great tune, and uh, you know what? I wasn't planning on doing this, but let's do it. Let's play a little clip of This Ain't the Same Old Prayer by Ava Liv Mabry here on Overflow Beyond the Music. Check it out. I'm scared to live here. I like my room and I love my friends. The U-Hauls in the driveway and now for them and numbers, it's all just crash and burn. Dear God, it's me again. Ask it, please. Make one of Come on now, isn't she awesome? And uh, I had a blast getting to produce that with her and my friend Brandon Vandenduel out here in Canada did the mixing on it and it was just a real fun project to be a part of. So watch out for her. She's going to be be doing more music. We're working on a few more songs right now. I'm also working on some new worship stuff uh, that's been fun. And there's just a lot that's been kind of in the works that's been really exciting to talk about, but particularly just some new things we want to do with this podcast that we've been sort of working on behind the scenes and can't wait for those things to start getting in motion. But of course, we are always keeping up with the guests. We're always keeping up with releasing episodes every two weeks. And we have another guest on our podcast today, Brad and Rebecca, and they are just some of the sweetest people I had the chance to chat with. And uh, they're based out of Arizona, like I said earlier, and they just released a a brand new song, and I'm going to let them tell you more about it on this podcast, because uh, her story is absolutely incredible, Rebecca's story of of what God's done, and (laughs) I'm not going to tease it any more than I'm just going to let them tell their story. So here is my conversation with Brad and Rebecca here on Overflow Beyond the Music. Also, just so you know, we have uh, two littles in the other room watching a movie. That's all good. So, <laughs> there's a busting in of a child. You know what? It's it's all good. We um, we did a podcast with Love and the Outcome at our house, 
and um, our kids are really good friends, and like our, our families are really good friends. And so a few times, the kids, all four of them, busted into uh, into the room. So it's all good. We're used to having kids on the on the podcast. <laughs> Good, I feel better now already. Okay, <laughs> well, I think it's a great way to start our conversation. So welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Brad and Rebecca. How are you guys doing? We're good, doing good. Very good. <laughs> so where where are you coming to me from? Where where are you guys at right now? We're in Phoenix, Arizona. We're home. So that's been home for you guys. Yes. Yeah, it has been for the past five years. And what part of Phoenix are we talking? What part of Phoenix is home? We're in Peoria, which is northwest valley, north of the of downtown. Awesome. And did you did you guys both grow up there? Is that is that home for any particular reason? Right. Reason, not where we grew up. Yes. Uh, yeah. I grew up in New York. Yeah, I grew up in California, born in Michigan. We met in Minnesota, um, spent mm-hmm. a quick two years in Indiana, Indiana mm-hmm. six years in D.C., and then uh, came out here to uh, contract lead with a church. That was growing and needed more worship leaders, and mm-hmm. we yeah. needed less time on the road. And uh, so it was a great—it's a great balance for us. We get to travel, then we get to be home. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me yeah. a little bit about your church. Tell me a little bit about leading worship there, and and yeah. uh, why you guys felt like that'd be a good fit. Because you know, it's—it's it's not just uh, you know when you're leading worship and partnering with the church, whether it's contracted or, or full-time pastoral staff, you you definitely don't want to just take a job for the sake of a job. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, so, so <laughs> backstory, we, we, we had done the traveling on the road thing for, uh, I guess six years. Yeah. Um, and we were coming into a season where it just felt like we were gone every single weekend and then some, and just never home. Um, we were, had a relationship with the church in DC that we're at like once a month or once every other month, just depending on our right. schedule. Um, so we were just praying that, I mean, real simple, not like this deep fasting prayer, just like, Hey, you know, it'd be cool. Like if, if we had a place where we could kind of give half our time and then be on the road, the other half, kind of like the dream, basically thing. the dream job. It's like, I get to yes. get paid yeah. to do the thing that I love. And then I get to right. go and do the thing that I love, oh, love. Yeah. Right. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we just kind of had that conversation just saying, all right, let's start praying about that. And I mean, Days later, we get this call from our old producer friend, um, Ben Gowell, and he's like, hey, we're, we're kind of sprouting campuses out here, like cacti. Would yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. Come out. And I'm like, oh, we weren't specific on location. Uh, <laughs> right, right. We're like, Arizona, okay, it's there's not much green here, um, it's not much water. Yeah. But we actually fought it for about nine months. Um, wow, okay. We, there were some other options that came in, and then we just prayed, God, would you just very yeah, close, the doors close the doors that weren't supposed to be open. And he and did. did. And uh, <laughs> and all along, Ben was like, hey, if you need to come out a couple more times and test it out, <laughs> see, you know, like super like wide open door, just like. Right, right. So uh, I remember that we were driving around the Dulles airport ready to pick up a friend, and we were just like. <laughs> Okay, we need to make a decision. <laughs> Something happened on the radio and all. It's just one of those things where, like, oh yeah, we're supposed to go. And and it's been it's been great being here, and it really has been just an amazing opportunity for us. We have two kids now, and um, we get to actually spend time home. <laughs> so good, with, yeah. You know, do do a few more home things. It's still crazy. It's not like we've got this all figured out, but it's um, a huge blessing to have both, like you said, both things that we love and be part of it. 
Um, but leading here is different. Like when we go out on the road, we plan all of the stuff that we're doing with the church, you know, or event that we're coming in for. Right. Uh, right. Here, it's uh, we're handed, you know, a set that is sung across ten different campuses at the same time, okay. basically. Yeah, and and then they those campuses stream into one of the campuses for the the message. So it's very different, right? right. Um, than than us putting our thing together, and um, t- it took a few weeks, months, maybe to get used to it exactly. But there's something really cool knowing that there's thousands of people across yeah. a city that mm-hmm. tend to sing the same songs, the same songs together. Yeah. Like that's just a really cool um, we were, picture. Yeah, we're literally worshiping together as a church across right. the whole valley. It's cool. Yeah. So that's been neat. Um, and we've seen from when we came in even to now just a uh, slow but steady growth in just engagement and um, some incredible, incredibly talented worship leaders and oh, worship yeah. pastors yeah. that yeah. Uh, <laughs> And musicians. There's so much talent right here. <laughs> <laughs> We're surrounded <Yeah>. by. <laughs> so it's been it's been great, and we've had a lot of them be part of the stuff that we get to do on the road, and so it's really fun. Well, excellent. I mean, we were you guys were just on the road because we were actually supposed to hang out together uh, in Nashville, and we had to end up uh, rescheduling because I'm I'm stuck in Canada waiting on my work visa, which has finally oh, finally oh. come back in. So, oh, but um, no, I know the traveling thing a lot, and and what was funny was that. You know, we, you guys, I think we're in Nashville, I think two weeks ago or something like that. And um, since being in Canada for the month, I've just had the chance to visit a lot of, you know, smaller local churches and and guest lead worship. You know, because at church, bigger churches, it's a lot harder for them to make plans last minute to accommodate. But smaller churches, like, great, our worship leader gets a week off. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. up in years <laughs> oh yeah totally they've been like the worship leader was like came with the church you know and it's like <laughs> we um i just got reminded about how beautiful the local church is of any size you know it not not just the not just the beautiful building ones but the even just the small communities and, and that's cool that you guys are able to do that with even the smaller campuses and all be together and yet have every campus feel equally part of the body. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. So, I mean, I, I'd watched a video of you guys on YouTube. A friend had sent me a link and, um, you know, I hadn't heard of you guys a few years ago. I hadn't been familiar. Maybe it's cause I'm up in Canada, who knows, but I had noticed that there was just this really, um, free energy or, um, even just chemistry of, of you guys singing and leading together. And now I realize that's because you're married, but uh, you know, I'm always curious, uh, you know, how did you guys meet? Um, I jokingly once said to somebody that were you singing how we loves together and looked across at each other. And then all of a sudden you just knew it was to be, um, nice. apparently that kind of happened for Paul and Hannah McClure though. So, um, why don't I just let you tell your story? Yeah. <laughs> Well, first, thank you for the, the compliment yeah, on, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, it, it's always weird doing a video that's not live, and, um, but that, that, that is coming through, is really cool, yeah, um, so yeah. thanks. Um, as far as meeting, we met in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We were at school in college, and Brad had a, a worship band that was all guys, and he was kind of getting some slack from kind of, yeah. some of the community <laughs> there, female community, for not having a girl in the band, whatever, kind of silly. But they decided they needed to incorporate a girl, so 
I was literally carrying my lunch across the cafeteria and passing their table. And they stopped me and said, hey, Rebecca sings. Let's have her come. And so I came to a rehearsal and sang. It was not how he loves. It was Sing to the King. Christy Knuckles. Knuckles. Beautiful. Way back then. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was pretty much... Downhill from there. I was uphill from whoa, there. Whoa, uphill. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was, you know, the rest of the story. <laughs> I was the lead singer. I got the girl. Yeah, that's awesome. Downhill as in like it just, it was rolling. It was rolling. Roll, right, right. Okay. <laughs> all right, then. I'm in it in like all the good ways. See, this is why I wish that we were doing like a video in a studio because I would love the sideways look that you're currently getting from Brad. <laughs> Absolutely got a couple of sideways looks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you joined the worship team and uh, and you started, you know, or joined joined the band or, or whatever that looked like. Yeah. And yeah. how did how did the next steps kind of progress after that? Like what how do you what happens if you get shut down asking the girl out and now you gotta sing together all the time now? It's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately yeah, we were in college, there were lots of people, so we would just there were- <laughs> This is my sideways glance moment. Um, hey. Oh no, <laughs> we um. So that was that was kind of when we were just first getting to know each other. We were in yeah. a bunch of music classes together, and yeah, um, we kind of finished out that year, and then we started officially dating the next year. Yes, and then Beckham graduated and moved back to California, uh, where her parents were, right. and um. And uh, she came back that summer, and through a whole series of elaborate lies, <laughs> I was able to, con- you know, like pull off a proposal, off a proposal which is always. <laughs> that I was the completely most- unsuspecting. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Uh, but she said yes, so that was. And by the way, <laughs> when I say elaborate lies, I just mean like the the things to like throw her off. Yeah. Right. Know? Right. Right. Of course. <laughs> it's such a great way to do a marriage proposal. It's facing <laughs> off like deception. deception. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So we so we did. We then I finished a year of school. We got married, and then we went to Indiana. Yeah. We a church, uh, just kind of right off the eighty Elkhart, Indiana, for two years, and um, then we felt like our time there was done. There was just some shifts happening in the church that mm-hmm. it it opened the door for us to leave and. We assume that meant like worship pastor goes from one church to next church. Right. That's like obvious. That's what you do. <laughs> and that's where, where we were heading. Um, interviewed at a great church in Pennsylvania, which fast forward, we have a phenomenal relationship with now um, and really always have. But they yeah. called kind of right before that next step, like, okay, come back, look at housing. They called like days before and they're like, hey, we really love you guys and we love you so much that we don't want to hire you because we don't know what we want and we're just going to make a mess of you guys in the process. We're like, wow. thank you. Very <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, I also don't have a job. So can we at least come once? You know? <laughs> so we, yeah, we, um, we kind of found ourselves like, Oh great. No job. I mean, we, when we had an end date in Indiana, so we yeah. called up a friend. He came down from Wisconsin and, um, played cello and acoustic guitar and we did like this acoustic record in our apartment um, as like motorcycles are driving by and like trying to like filter out those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and just, and we went on, we actually released that. Right. Uh, I, yeah. We went on <laughs> Google maps and started typing in, you know, uh, Cleveland, Ohio search nearby for churches. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of like look at the, the pictures and like, Oh, this one looks 
this, yeah, we want to go here. And then <laughs> the other ones too, that were like, well, maybe they'll have us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we just go on and grab the email addresses for like the pastor and worship pastor. Yeah. And then so we'd we, would, we would get like hundreds of wow. emails from a city and then we would get one booking. Yeah. Or which two was or none. Great, or, which was great. Wow. Or none sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But it was great. And that's how we kind of started the process. Um, and it was more of a means of survival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we interviewed another church, kind of had the option to go on staff. Well, we had the option to go on staff there or uh, kind of have just an open door. Like if we decided, you know, after a year we wanted to come back and go mm-hmm. on staff. It was so mm-hmm. nice of them. Um, but they were great. They, were, I mean, they've been part of what we've done for a number of years as well. So, yeah, but by that point, we felt like God had opened so many doors for us to travel and continue well, we say so many, but we, we're talking like two months, okay, you know, and, then, okay. and then another two months. <laughs> we felt like there was possibly, you know, a direction we were supposed to be going there. And so we felt very conflicted because we loved that church that had <clears throat> offered us to come. And we just felt like the right thing to do was to continue as far as God would continue opening the doors. And so far, that was 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. They've stayed open, so we've continued to walk through them. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit about just what the journey's been like over the years, because you know, I as I was reading and watched in your in your testimony video, uh, 2018 was a a tough year, and there was some stuff that that kind of rocked your world, as I'm sure it rocked anybody's world. So, Rebecca, tell me a little bit about what uh, you were told and what you found out in 2018. Yeah. So. It was February, um, and I found out that I had cancer. The doctors told me that it was a rare, um, they thought most likely it was aggressive. It was wrapped around my kidney, and it was inoperable. And um, we found out shortly after that it was actually operable. So we we spent a night thinking, like, there was nothing to be done. And... um, What's you going know, through just what's going through your mind in that moment though? Yeah, where you're so being like, told there's no solution. Yeah, like I remember looking at the doctor and he said, Do you have any questions? And I just I said, I have only one. Just please tell me this is a bad dream and you're gonna wake me up wow. in a minute. So uh yeah, I just I wanted someone to wake me up. <laughs> and I we had at the time our son was five, our daughter was one. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was, yeah, five. And I just kept picturing them without a mama. (laughs) And it was hard, like, just fear. You want to trust God and you want to believe that he's going to take care of you and take care of your family. But it's just very, very overwhelming. And personally and myself, I just found a it was kind of like a pendulum back and forth. <laughs> like mm-hmm. one minute I'm I'm desperately fearful, and the next minute I'm just looking to heaven and just saying, God, I know you love me, <laughs> and I trust you no matter what. And then please heal me, you know. Um, so through several miracles along the way, we found out it wasn't aggressive. It was operable. It was not aggressive, and where we had been, um, 
we had been denied three times from our insurance company to go to, because it was a rare cancer, to go to a special center at MD Anderson in Houston. Yeah. And because of the rareness of it, the insurance company just didn't, didn't understand that. And so they denied us three times. Oh my goodness. And then five days after the last denial, um, we, we were a hundred percent covered. Someone, someone called us and said, we need to figure out, figure out what's going on with your case. Let's delve into this a little bit deeper. And then five days later, they were covering me a hundred percent. MD Anderson. And, um, then we found out that it was, it was not aggressive. So they could do the, the surgery right away without any, without any chemo, without anything except a surgery, which was, I was so thankful, so thankful for it. Um, um, then I was going to lose a kidney in the, in the process of the surgery. We have two, (laughs) so I know I can live. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't super worried about that, but I wanted God to heal me. I wanted like selfishly, you know, I want to be healed. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to die. I don't want to have to go through this. Right. Um, so for that purpose, I'm asking God, would you please heal me? And secondly, for the testimony of it, like, wow, this is, this is the perfect opportunity to like, for people to see your, your amazing glory and goodness and your ability to heal and turn people who don't know you, you know, to salvation, you know? And, um, so that's what I, I just began praying every single day. I laid my hand on my belly and I would just pray that God would cause the tumor to shrivel up and fall out of my body and prayed it every day. It's a strange, it's a strange prayer to pray because physically I don't even know how that would, would happen. So it's really strange that I said that just cause it to fall out of my body. I don't know. Can't explain why I did that. Um, but then as the weeks went on, cause we, we waited how many weeks it was 12 from diagnosis to surgery, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was weeks. 12 weeks went yeah. by. They felt forever long too because we had to wait on the insurance for so many weeks and then wait for biopsy and then wait for the, the schedule to clear up for surgery, which they made room for me in the schedule because basically the doctors wanted it out yesterday. Right. And so, um, but so because of that, the waiting time seemed like forever. And, and just those fears would creep in of like, is it going to be too late? <laughs> like, is it going to be worse now? Um, constantly battling that with with just worship, like worship music playing and and reading scripture. I would find scripture that that would just speak to me specifically about what I what I was going through. Right. And I would write it in my journal and just read it over myself every day. Um. And then sometimes like. I literally didn't have the strength to read it. And so I would ask Brad to read it over me. And he would, um, just cause sometimes you get in your fear and it kind of cripples you. Yeah. And I'm like, I know I need to believe this. And I know I need to read it. I just, I can't right now. Will you please do it for me? And you know, and then something breaks in the spirit when we, when we read scripture and God's truth over ourselves, and it's powerful. Well, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm curious because you know, as artists, sometimes we have, we can, we can have trouble thinking about the next thing when there's something very pressing. You know, it's it's hard to think about uh, what you're going to perform or what set list you're going to pick for worship. You know, 
three months down the road when you're desperately trying to write an album. <laughs> so yep. what is going through your mind creatively in this season going, I, I don't know what my future <laughs> looks like anymore. Do I even bother writing music? Do I even bother? Care? Like, were any of those thoughts going through your head? So interestingly enough, we, the day before, the day after I was diagnosed was a pre-release for our, for our album that was coming out, Sound of Heaven. And so we were gearing up for this huge thing that we've been working on for four years. And it's, it's day before pre-release and we're like, this is so exciting and so much emotion going into releasing this. And, um, and then we find out about the cancer. So we just trudged through, honestly. And I I say that because like when you start something that you don't want to do, you have to trudge. But then once you're in it, you're like, this is the best thing I could be doing right now. So that's literally what was happening. Like I would be in, Mm -hmm. you know, in the the moment of leading worship and sharing the song. I'm just like, Oh, I can't be anywhere else, but here. Right. And so that happened, but we also had begun writing a song that wasn't related to the, the album in November and it wasn't finished. It was way on the back burner. Um, but for some reason it just kept coming up when we kept working on it. We were going to share it with our church in like June. And so we were kind of continuing to craft it and bring other writers in. And, um, well, we didn't really finish it until after surgery. Until after surgery. Um, and, and it wasn't done except for the fact that we felt like, well, we like this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's, finish it up and um something that that happened with rebecca we she actually the, her prayer that she had prayed over and over again mm-hmm. um when she when the doctor came to us to tell us two hour two and a half hours into a eight hour surgery came out and we're like uh what's going on <laughs> you, know, like, uh, you shouldn't be here why are you here so um, soon <laughs> she's right. like hey great it's all done we opened her up and the tumor practically fell right out of her body. We were like, I mean, my reaction, unfortunately, in that moment was I kind of laughed because, like, that was yeah. what we prayed. And um, here we were sitting here, and the doctor was saying these this prayer word back to me. Of You know, I was like, oh, wow, that's yeah. how cool you are, God. Yeah. And, um, just God, God showing us that, like, even though the prayer wasn't being answered the way we wanted, and even though there were moments when we're just questioning like, why, like, where are you? What's going on? Yeah. Um, it was just a sweet reminder that he was with us and he heard me very specifically and answered me very specifically, not exactly the way I wanted it, but very specifically letting me know that he had heard me. And so then the, we, we got to the share song. the song. Yeah. We finished the song and share it. And our creative pastor, the guy that actually brought us out to Phoenix then mm-hmm. uh, I finished the song. It was good. It was like this little writer's round. And um, he looked over at me and he's like, you, you realize this is your story, right? Like this is your song. It's wow. like that moment it clicked. <laughs> I was pretty sure I was like, I need to go home and tell Rebecca. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the first line of the song is lift your eyes. Don't worry about tomorrow. Peace will come. And still every anxious thought. Cause I'm not done. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. forever faithful yeah. and it was just like it was a message from him 
mm-hmm. about like what we're supposed to be doing in the moments of fear and anxiety. And it is to rejoice and put him where he belongs, which is rejoiced from our, from our heart, you know, mm-hmm. like rejoicing in who he is and in his goodness. And that was another way of him, I think, showing us that he was crafting this song inside of us. And we didn't even realize it when we yeah. were in the middle of the storm. <laughs> yeah, that's so, I mean, I, I love when that happens when, you know, obviously would you don't want to go through the trials, but like truly when, when beauty does come from ashes, it's, it's incredible yeah. how um, God does work all things together for the good of yeah. those who love him. And you have this incredible story that's come, come out of it. And, you know, it, to me, I just, I just think that um, the, Jesus doesn't necessarily make the problem disappear when we pray and we give it to Him, but He <laughs> does change our perspective. Yeah, and He does lift our eyes to Him, and and that's what I just think is just so powerful about your journey. That not even that far removed from this, you go, I ha- I have to testify about what God's done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Brad, I'm, my question for you is sort of in this journey and hashing some of this out, um, you know, the, you're kind of watching from the sidelines and, you know, as husbands and guys, we always want to, we, we want to help fix things. We want to get in there. We want to, <laughs> we want to take it on ourselves. So, what, where were you kind of at in this journey? And even just as you reminisce about writing after it, how, how did, how was that for you to be in there writing a song that came out of a journey that you watched but didn't necessarily experience yourself? Um, well, like Becca said, like we were, like we had a record come out two weeks after we found out everything. And um, there were so many logistical pieces between, like we, we actually went and did three <laughs> release concerts um, in the middle before surgery, like at, Kind of because, A, we were waiting and just had nothing else to do. And the doctors were like, sure, go for it. But <laughs> wow, yeah. anyone touch her, you know? Like, yeah. So uh, it was it was very odd to be like having these moments of celebration of a project we'd worked on for so long. Also, at the same time, these churches, these three of these churches that we were at that just have loved on us for many, many years just pouring out and praying and mm-hmm. taking care of us in so many ways. It was very surreal. Um, but then at the end, I'm going out to the table and talking to everyone. Becca's sitting in the back, like mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of crazy. Um, but I think for me, as much as I wanted to take care of <clears throat> the big picture thing, there were all these little, like God knows how we work, right? Like, He knows the inner workings of our heart. He knows what works best for us. And um, he knows I'm like very detail oriented (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and that I kind of like, like the little puzzles. So all along there's these little like, Oh cool. We have to get here tomorrow and we have to make it happen now. And you know, all those things for me were like kind of keeping me busy (laughs) to like distract my mind, I think a little bit, which was nice. Um, and I mean, I was on so many planes between Houston and our kids were in New York and, um, but all those logistics like kind of kept me focused on something in the, in the process. Um, right. At the same time, like just trusting and watching like miracle after miracle, uh, I'll never forget 
like the first thing we did was once like it was, I don't know, eight days after mm-hmm. we were getting to go to MD Anderson, kind of on a whim, like they fit us into the schedule based on the, the scans that they had sent over and the head of surgery in the sarcoma center agreed to see us. We didn't even know if we could get in there like with insurance, but we went. Yeah. And what it cost to get to go there last minute and we paid cash to do the doctor's visit and all like it was crazy. Um, my dad called the next day after we were there, we were on our way home. He called and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know, uh, someone in the church wrote you a check for this amount of money. Wow. Uh, to guys. And it was, it was like within dollars of Gee. what it cost us to. So it was just like, okay, God, like, we're going to walk through and we're going to trust that you're going to take care of us. However, this turns out like, man, that's a really cool moment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was, there was all these little things along the way that, so, I mean, going through the process, it was just, okay, God, we're, we're, it, we say 12 weeks, like it felt like an eternity, but man, it moved fast. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say almost every single week, there was another little thing that was just mm-hmm. a huge blessing to us mm-hmm. and a reminder that God was with us. God was watching us. God was revealing his love through our story, not just to us, but to other people. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, praise God but, for that. I mean, I was just literally yeah. saying to somebody today, because um, he talked about checks getting you know, dropped off. I, we, my wife and I literally just had that experience today. And my, you know, how has sharing your testimony openly really stirred the hearts of people? What sort of testimonies have come out of your testimony and you sharing yours? Yeah. People like, they come to me all the time after sometimes they can't even speak. They're just crying. And then I start crying and they're just like, it's so good. It's so good. I'm like, I know. (laughs) And then we've just, we've had many stories. Um, we've, we've done a few women's events. So yeah. just mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of women come up and sharing their story and their testimony and like um, their stories encouraging me. Wow. Um, just the same way that my story had encouraged them. And they're just so, yeah, it's so encouraging. Um, like when, especially like an older woman who's, who's walked a few more steps than me. Yeah. Come, like, here's my story and I wanted to encourage you and I want to encourage you to keep telling your story to yeah, help people who are in the middle of it right now. And they're not seeing, they're not seeing the answer for heaven that they're asking for. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it was difficult in the beginning to start to share it only because all of the emotion attached to it, but I still wanted because what God had done was so special for me. I wanted to share it. Yeah. Still was difficult. And sometimes it is still. Um, but it's been such a blessing just to see it lift other people up and lift people's eyes to God. And then just, we usually go right into that song that we wrote right after I started the story. Yeah. And just such a beautiful time of worship together. Yeah. Well, the song is called Rejoice, and um, it was co-written with Christine DeMarco and Josh Silverberg, and Josh goes to my church in Nashville, and Christine goes to my sister's church uh, in Reading. So there we go. It's a little bit of a family dynamic here. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, I absolutely love that you got to collab with those two, and, um, you know, Josh Silverberg, for anyone who doesn't know him, the guy is just like... He's just very an interesting guy, and in how just Holy Spirit filled he is, and just how 
he's like the guy who always shows up to the hospitals in Nashville when people are sick and she's like praying for healing. And it's just so good that you wrote a song with him about (laughs) that. He was one of the first people on the phone with us actually before we even knew that it was cancer because they were doing some tests before they figured out what it was. And he was the first person other than my family, of course. Yeah. With the first person on the phone. We've known Josh for a long time. Yeah, we've we've known Josh for a very long time. So cool. Taught me how to play guitar back in when I was like fourteen. No way. A little older than that. (laughs) Yeah, we've been friends a very long time. Well, he's one of those guys that I I don't know him well or anything, but I kind of same circles and stuff. And I'm going, that's a guy I kind of want to hang out with, but yet I'm like, I don't know if when we hop if I hopped in the car with him to go get coffee, if we're going to get coffee if we're, or if we're going to go like pray over a bunch of people to get healed. So like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those well, guys. I, I, I haven't figured him out yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you may get coffee and do prayer at the coffee you shop. Most likely will. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm into that. And you know what? And I'll say this too. Have you guys ever been to Canada before? Uh, only to see that, that big waterfall you guys have. <laughs> Niagara Falls. <laughs> Oh, that's 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 the one. That's, that's the big waterfall. <laughs> big waterfall. Um, we're actually going in a couple weeks uh, to Toronto. 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 Yeah, that's where that's where I am right now. That's where Huntley my home Street. base is. Where are you going to in Toronto? Huntley Street. Oh yeah, some good people over there. So, um, say hello to Melissa McEachern if you see her. She is she's hey. the bomb. And do you know the hands at all? What's that? Do you know the hands, Matt and Ashley Han? I don't know if I do. Okay, they're up there at uh, the Hillsong. Uh, I think they're working at one of the Hillsong campuses there. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, in, in a small world, the street that we lived on right before we moved to Nashville um, was like the same street that Julia and Damian, uh, Julie and Damian Bassett, who are the pastors at Hillsong Toronto, <laughs> live on. Our kids go to the same <laughs> school, and yeah, we've known them for for a few years. And so, small worlds, which which only yeah. means you need to come to Canada again and come lead worship. And we got to do a worship event together. There sounds we go. great. That sounds awesome. We're, we're in. We got passports. <laughs> you have passports. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it's, <laughs> you need them now. You do. And the funny thing is that, as though all my paperwork was in process, I wasn't allowed to cross the border into your country because I would have been an illegal. <laughs> um, and it's been complicated. So I've been. Oh. I've had to shovel more snow than I wanted to. <laughs> so do you guys do you guys live in Canada or do you live in Nashville? I live in Nashville. Um, okay. So we, I mean, in a in a story that um, I've shared in this podcast before, but we'll have to talk about sometime over coffee or songwriting. But uh-huh. gotcha. yeah, the Lord just really led us there to Nashville. And it's kind of like we were like, we don't even know why we're here. Like why? Like I'm not that guy. Like, I don't want, I don't need to go down and like, you know, try and carve out a music career at 32. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're there and, you know, it's starting as the time goes on. And I'm sure you can attest to this in your journey. As the time goes on, you're going, God, why in the middle of it? But as you start to progress towards the end, you go, oh, I see exactly why you did this. Yeah. yeah. We've, I think we've found that uh, most days and years of our life uh, are, are kind of, I don't know, life scripture, ministry scripture, whatever it is, is from Lamentations 3, where the prophet goes through like 19 verses of negative <laughs> things are happening, and then he Wise stops, and whining. You know, basically whining, um, <laughs> and then he, then he stops, and he's like, yet 
this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Mm. Because Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yeah. And it's that, it's that stopping in the middle of the, of the complaining (laughs) and remembering, Oh, well, yeah, but God actually did this, 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 and this. And because of that, I can trust that the things I'm whining about, he also is aware of those. He knows. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've, we found ourselves in that place many a times, want, wanting to be whiny, but also going, oh, that that's <laughs> yeah. right. You did. Well, maybe a little whiny at first. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's okay. That's a, Dave, yeah. David was a bit of a whiner. <laughs> Songs about it. Yeah. Well, that's so good. I mean, we're going to play your song, Rejoice, uh, and just play a segment of it in just a second. Um, but I want to know from you two guys, you, you lead worship a lot, and you write songs a lot, and, uh, you know, you're collaborating with, you know, people like Christine DeMarco, Josh Silverberg, and I'm sure many, many more. What? Um, give me one song each that you're going, man, this song is just wrecking me or rocking me or going, this is just the most awesome song or fun song I've heard right now. Like, one, something right now that's current. Um, the, I can't make it through King of My Heart without weeping. So uh, that's my one. <laughs> good, I like that one. Um. I'd probably say raise a hallelujah right now for me. Yeah. Uh, it just, I think it's something that very simply puts into words what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no matter what the season. And it's not easy. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really liking that one. Well, King of My Heart and Raise a Hallelujah, we will definitely put those on the playlist for this episode. But closing out this uh, this conversation, um, we're here with Brad and Rebecca. We're going to play their new song, Rejoice. You can get it, well, everywhere. But what I'd recommend you do is, uh, if you're a streamer, go save it, go follow them, their profile, and then, you know what, go buy it, or go on their website and buy something, or just donate something, because... Uh, you know, music is something that, that I know changes our lives. And when we've been blessed by something, we ought to bless the people who created it. So please go do that. Brad and Rebecca, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks Thank so, much. so much, Josh. Absolutely. Well, hey, this is Rejoice by Brad and Rebecca here on Overflow Beyond the Music. My name is Josh McCabe. Check it out. Here's Rejoice. that's all we have for this week make sure you go check out the song rejoice by brad and rebecca you will absolutely love it you'll love the rest of their stuff as well make sure that you're following us online on all the social medias overflow btm is where you'll find us my name is josh mccabe i'm your host this has been another episode of overflow beyond the music we'll see you next time